This is Comic Shenanigans, episode 156, Talking Star Trek. Welcome to Comic Shenanigans. This is episode 156. This is our Talkin' Star Trek episode. This is uh, uh, a new series that we're going to be running as a kind of a subsection of the Comic Shenanigans brand. Uh, previously, uh, we had done a spotlight on Star Trek episode that was uh, a little long, uh, but good. Uh, I believe that was back around episode 136, uh, which was back on January 16th, which I did with uh, my special co-host, Tibor Mate, who's joined me again today to talk more Star Trek. Talking Star Trek. Uh, so one thing we'd uh, we were gonna do a podcast today about some Star Trek stuff, and because we want to kind of keep a, an ongoing kind of dialogue going about Star Trek on the podcast. And one thing I had kind of thrown out there as a potential idea was to talk about season finales or series finales because we just watched the series finale of a long-running sitcom, which was How Much Brother. And Tibor was like, "Whoa, whoa! You can't you can't jump to the end without first leading us through the beginning." So we thought. Let's talk about the pilots for the different Star Trek shows that have been on TV, except for the animated series. We're going to leave we'll that. We'll skip over the animated. We're going to skip that. Uh, but instead, we're just going to do a kind of a concise talking talk Star Trek episode where we kind of run down the different pilots, um, how, what the, what, how good they actually are, what kind of merits that they have, uh, what they were indicative of to come later on, and what would eventually change as well. So, Tibor, why don't you, why don't you lead us through? Okay. You're the Star Trek maven. Alright, so we're going to start with uh, the original series, which is actually kind of interesting because it had the two pilots, which I think most people know by now. Yeah, it's, I guess it's a pretty commonly held thing, but most people kind of know that by now. Yeah, I mean, it was a rare thing at the time, but it was good uh, that they were actually greenlit for a second pilot, because uh, I guess the studio saw something that they liked, but... Uh, it does happen, though. I mean, um, in current um, time, I mean, Big Bang Theory had a pilot, and it didn't work, and then a year later they came back. And it was the same two guys, but they changed the girl. Yeah. And that and that was one of the main ingredients that kind of made the show pop and work. It's just interesting that that, th- that can still happen, but it's very rare these days. Yeah, well, even, yeah, I guess, I don't know, back then maybe it was even more rare. Like, maybe it hadn't been done before, I don't know. But it's one of the big, like, uh, big starting points for, for Star Trek is that it had two pilots. Absolutely. The original being The Cage, mm-hmm. with uh, Jeffrey Hunter in command of the Enterprise, Christopher Pike. Which is kind of interesting coming down to the new movies, I guess, was that they decided to make Christopher Pike a bigger part of yeah. the new uh, the new franchise. Which I like. Yeah, no, I would say. It. I mean, it's an ex- a character that wasn't really explored that much other than the one episode, really. Oh, uh, well, sorry. Two, isn't it? Two, because then the original pilot that didn't air on television ended up becoming a two-part, uh, two-part episode, mm-hmm. the Menagerie Part 1 and 2, which was a great way of actually using footage that you have already that exists and... Uh, and making something out of it, which was kind of neat, because it sort of does change the uh, the ending of the episode of the pilot, yeah. but no one would have known because they hadn't, hadn't seen it. But now the the pilot is available, mm-hmm. like it's uh, it's around on on the Blu-ray sets and on the DVD. It is on the Blu-ray sets, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's always included in season three of, of the. I wonder why that is. Is that when it aired? I guess. Well, I guess because it didn't technically fall into yeah into place, right? Because it was never aired. Yeah. Well, like it eventually aired on TV, but it was way, way later. Did it air on TV? It did. Yeah. Eventually, I can't remember when, but they did broadcast it eventually. It was like years and years later, though. I think it was in like the eighties or. So you want to talk about the original pilot first? Yeah, let's go with the cage. I guess. Okay. um, A lot of familiar elements. Most of them. 
Well, yeah, I mean, the, the, you can tell that the the ideas are all there, so are, like already. It's that Spock though isn't quite fully fleshed out because we see no. some emotional moments from Spock, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of interesting. It's a, uh, it and Spock really is, I think, the only character that makes it out of the yeah out of the original pilot into the uh, second pilot. Um, I think maybe Sulu was in the first one. I can't remember now, but I think he was wearing a science uh, shirt. Was he okay? It's a, um, but the ideas are all kind of there. Yeah, I mean the it's a, uh, I think the, the the reason it was turned down was the, the studio was called it like cerebral, and uh, it's a, it was it wasn't it so wasn't they corrected that going forward. <laughs> well, I guess they didn't like they didn't get the action adventure that they were expecting, right? Like mm. he, he sold it as like Gene Roddenberry sold it as a western in space, you know. It's a and uh, Firefly anyone? Well, I mean, I think that's what was the inspiration for Firefly was was actually making a, a western in space because that's not really what Star Trek was. No, though to a certain degree, it definitely. A little well, bit. it had a lot of the cowboy kind of instinct and ideas that kind of charting the frontier like that. Yeah, I mean, there was a lot of obviously the sci-fi being in space, but the it whole wasn't to the of, same extent as Firefly being a no. But I mean, Kirk is a gunslinger. Yeah, no, he is. He sort of is, you know, seat of their pants kind of guy. And he'll say. he'll have a duel, like yeah. But it was, yeah, I don't know. It didn't like. It's just one of those like very thin sort of elements of true. I think like Star Trek sort of has its own thing, right? It like, went in a different way. I guess. Yeah, it, maybe it didn't. It, it evolved into something more than than just that. Like, Perhaps it evolved. You can sort of see it at its premise, but it's interesting. So it starts off being quote unquote too cerebral, but eventually it kind of goes more. Hand-fisted. And then later on, later iterations of the series go really cerebral. Yeah, well, I don't mean, even, I guess even, even the motion picture yeah. sort of was a, would fall into that. And I know a lot of people didn't like that as well. And it's kind of funny that the next one was a bit more action-oriented yeah, and all that. Yeah, it's interesting. But now, with the current films, it's really action-oriented. Very light on cerebral ideas. Yeah, no. Then it, well, it's it's like, all about the balance. And, it's, and, and even some of the best Star Trek films have struggled to maintain that balance. Yeah, I know it's true. It's that I mean, I know the like the next generation ones. It's that they definitely didn't. Uh, you know, they they sort of tried to go that action oriented, and, and it didn't didn't really work for that cast. I don't think. No, but, but well, uh, it, it didn't just didn't work for that that captain either. No, it, well, because next generation was never about action, but uh, at least that's how I feel. It was more about the ideas and absolutely and exploring the ideas. Then the series after that again more ideas but also gets a lot more action heavy yeah well let's go back to the so, cage and back to the cage so yeah so it's Christopher Pike and uh, they end up going to this planet where they uh, supposedly there's some what's it uh, colonists that were lost and they like they pick up this uh, signal mm-hmm. and they get there what's it uh, and they see all these people and they're wondering how they survived on these limited uh, you know the limited rations and stuff that they had yeah. and um I guess we're going to summarize it pretty quick, but basically, quick, yeah. uh, Captain Pike gets ca- captured, mm-hmm. but and it turns out that these aliens would said are uh, have captured him and put him in a cage. Basically, it's yeah. uh, hence the cage. Hence the cage, indeed. And it's, uh, it's it's basically a zoo, like an alien zoo. And uh, yeah, he's, he's, do you like the original pilot? I do. I enjoyed the original pilot. It's been a while since I've seen it. I actually should watch it again. But it's a I thought it was kind of neat. Like it was, it was more, you know, it's a more thinking episode, right? Like, and how is? I mean, it's been a long time since I've seen it. How is Pike kind of personified as a captain? I liked Cap. Uh, I like Captain Pike. Like, what were his key kind of differences from from Kirk? Well, he's a bit older, and I think it's a, he's not as uh, 
know, like as fly by the pants sort of. Said. I mean, you don't really get to see him do that much, no. but at the same time, he seems more reserved a little bit. Almost he, more like Bakari. He's more mature. Yeah, he's got you know he's got a few more years under the belt. Whereas Kirk was you know he, he's the youngest captain in Starfleet mm-hmm. when he gets it. Right, so it's because uh, it's interesting to think like what would be different about Star Trek today if they had greenlit the original pilot. Yeah, absolutely. Like, uh, I mean, uh, well, uh, Jeffrey Hunter died like a few years later too, yeah. right? So it's kind of it's kind of crazy. Um, but yeah, it w- would have been. Really would it have survived at all? Would it have even been a touchstone for anyone? Like, it, it was obviously a huge kind of. It had a, a lot of impact. Maybe not immediately, like that it was realized but obviously it was felt very keenly but it's interesting if it had been a little bit different if they hadn't you know if, if the Kirk character hadn't been there to people kind of latch onto as the adventurer what, yeah. would it have, what would it have been like would people be ready for the ideas without the action adventure or was the action adventure a way of kind of uh, sugarcoating the ideas and being able to kind of get your medicine like, well like selling it yeah, with like you know rap, yeah wrapping the ideas not just else. for networks but also for viewers right because yeah no it's true you know, you you want to get the heady ideas, but you also want to get a little bit more thinking in there. Absolutely, yeah. It's 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 kind of interesting. It's hard it's hard to imagine what it would have been like if it had it continued like that. It's because we're just so used to those iconic characters. They've become so iconic. I mean, here we are talking about it. Mm-hmm. What are we? Two thousand fourteen. It's almost. It's well. It's coming up on what fifty years. It'll soon, be right? fifty years, not too long, which is insane. And we're still talking about it. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. It's it's pretty hard to imagine a world without Star Trek. When was the last time the Maple Leafs won the uh, Stanley Cup? Isn't that almost the same time that Star Trek started? Around the same years? 67, yeah. And Star Trek started, what, 66? 66, yeah. So. Yeah, it's kind of funny. <laughs> so anyway. So Star Trek's been, yeah, it's been around a long time. Yeah, it's insane to think about what are those characters. Yeah, do. like, I mean, we never grew up in a, in a pre-Star Star Trek, Trek world, right? No. Or so. a Star Wars-less world, either. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, the like, blockbuster craziness, right? Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, we grew up very much in the era of the blockbusters as well, right? Like, because it's the 90s, there was a lot of blockbusters. and Yeah, absolutely. So, it's kind yes. of interesting. No, it's, it's just interesting to think, like, what what Star Trek could have been if it had been, if, if it hadn't been, had a network-mandated change. I mean, yeah, just interesting to me. Had I, it carried on at, at, with that cast and with that, yeah. with that captain. It I would, mean, I was thinking about stuff like that all the time, just because television is such an odd process of so many people kind of cooking something together and when you get something really iconic I always think like well what what if just one thing had been changed would it have still worked yeah no absolutely yeah it's hard it's hard to say it's a, maybe it would have just fizzled and, yeah it's you know it would be one of those shows that nobody gave, <laughs> yeah. gave two shits about really well I mean that in that show too like you know look if it wasn't if it wasn't Shatner would it have been as successful like he was a really good leading man we make fun of him now everyone makes fun of Shatner but he sold the hell out of that show oh absolutely it's a it, and he well, sold let's, that. Let's character. get into the next the next sure. pilot. So it's a, we're going into where no man has gone before. Even mm-hmm. though, again, which is kind of funny, it didn't air uh, first. What aired first? It would have been uh, what's that? Uh, I think it aired third. Really? And the uh, what's that? The original, like the first episode, was the um, the salt vampire. What's okay. that? Uh, I can't remember the name of the episode now. That's weird. It's that, um, uh, not Charlie X, but that was second. Yeah. Parallax was the second one. The first one was the Man Trap. Yeah, the Man Trap. That's right. So it's a, so the Man Trap actually aired first, even though interesting, it's not the pi- second pilot. Well, that happens all the time. Just ask Firefly. Yeah, no, that's true. There's though, a lot of similarities there. That is kind of funny. Yeah, except that Firefly very much felt like that. That, it that felt that's like the, you had kind of it, it was the pilot. Whereas Man Trap, despite like the um, 
the only reason you kind of know it's before is because of the, the look of the ship. Yeah. Right? Like, it still has, like, there's certain lo- uh, things that they haven't changed yet, and the okay. uniforms and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. So that's sort of the only reason it feels like, uh, well, I guess not the only reason, because even uh, Spock, like, isn't quite, you know, fully developed there yet. Mm-hmm. Like, he's, uh, you know, he mentions the Earth emotions, and, uh, you know, he yeah. sort of you sort of realize that he's, um, not that he's emotionless, but you're quite, not quite sure where, where he stands. Yeah. I was... I know, I know. Obviously, the internet is not infallible, and Wikipedia is far from, you know, beyond reproach. But though, actually, I read an article about how Wikipedia is probably one of the most accurate sources because there's so many people available. Yeah, it's and it makes total sense. Well, this is believed. Uh, I was just reading an article about where no man has gone before, and they're saying that uh, reportedly, if it wasn't for Lucille Ball, uh, they probably wouldn't have done a second pilot. Yeah, and I, see, I wonder if that's like, um, if that's one of those. Uh, what's, called, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like. Uh, like folktale, like a folktale or not, but yeah, I've heard that before too. Because she, obviously, her Desi Lu Studios was her studio. Yeah, yeah. So it's a, apparently she she enjoyed it and and wanted a and, and like Gene Roddenberry, yeah, and wanted to give him a second shot. So yeah, so it's a, I have heard that before, again, which is are, kind of interesting as well. There are like, again in the annals of TV history, there's you know there's some shows where one person believed in something. Yeah, and I mean, I my favorite sitcom of all time was Cheers and it was the last rated show in the in its first season should have been cancelled but the head of NBC at the time really enjoyed it he was the only one who did and yeah. he promoted it and and it ended up being one of the highest rated shows on television and is really fondly remembered but that first season was dead last in the ratings and if that happened today it would have made it three episodes and would have been turfed yeah well I mean so we're skipping ahead a little bit I think Next Generation wouldn't survive in today's TV market no. either Although it was in syndication, not network. No, it's true. But that is what a... saved Star Trek yeah. in a big way. I think TNG was smart because it went straight to syndication. Because when you are dealing with networks, you get screwed. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's kind of interesting. So, Where No Man Has Gone Before. You want to go through a plot synopsis? Um, you do it. Uh, it's been a long time since Come I've on, seen you're, it. Come on, you're the Star Trek man. you got to throw it over. I'm going to throw the tablet. Throw me the information here. What's it? I know, you're an old man. Can you read that? You have to blow it up for you? So yeah, so it's a, they uh, they find a ship recorder from the SSS uh, the SS Valiant, which is a two hundred year old uh, vessel that's been lost. That's right. It's a, uh, I forgot it was called Reliant. Not Reliant. Uh, what's it? You say Reliant? Valiant. Valiant. Or Valiant. Sorry. Oh, Valiant. Wow. Are you sure Man, you need glasses? It's, it's late. Yeah, I need <laughs> I need glasses. Right. What's it? This is where uh, Gary Mitchell comes in. Okay. Who's a buddy of Kirk's from the Academy days? Mm-hmm. It's a, uh, and then ends up getting ESP powers. That's right, yes. And uh, it's a, he ends up, you know, basically so powerful that he ends up trying to take over the ship, and Kirk right. ends up having to take him out. And uh, they, there's a fight at the end of the episode, mm-hmm. which is, I guess, where that action-oriented thing Opposite, yeah. uh, goes in. It's a, uh, we get to see the the only time we ever get to see the uh, the phaser rifle in the original series. Oh yeah, that's right. It was like a one time use, and that was it. <laughs> uh, the other interesting note was the uh, the grave that um, says it's it's James R. Kirk, oh, not really? James T. Kirk. Interesting. Which is kind of uh, it was early. Well, yeah, no, it's one of those things that they changed, obviously, but it's obviously. kind of a weird little nitpick that yeah, it's kind of there. It's a um, but yeah, so he, he, it's an interesting episode of like, you know, it's it his has best friend. All the main characters are there. They're all. I believe so, yeah. I think everybody's in there. Right said, um, uh, but again, like the in the original series, there was a lot of like the characters weren't always in, 
in all the episodes, no. right? We didn't have uh, obviously Chekhov wasn't there because he doesn't show up till the second season. Yeah, I always forget but, that he isn't he isn't there for a while. Yeah, but I mean, you know, Uhura wasn't necessarily in every episode, right? No. So we didn't always see her, or you know, uh, oh, it's the Sulu wasn't always there. At the, at the, it was but other the, like the other characters were always there. Yeah, they? the three mains were always there, right? Because okay. they're the title characters in the, yeah, in, the, the, leads, in, the yeah. in the show as well. But yeah, it's sort of a classic story of you know. Best friend versus a, mm-hmm. it's a, uh, you know, the captain, and like, it's a, um, and yeah, he turns evil, sort of. And of course he does. Of course. You get, you get, you know, you become super intelligent, you turn evil. And you take over the computer. Yeah. The... I guess he's sort of like Khan in a, in a way, like a little bit. Yeah? It, well, he has more power, though, because he can make things happen, right? He, yeah. With, with his ESP. And he, which, uh, he, t- he takes over the Enterprise, right? Yeah, he does. And then I can't remember exactly how they get onto the planet. That happens all the time. Yeah, people Barclay try to take over. Yeah, people try to take over the Enterprise quite frequently. It's interesting that the you know the, uh, I'm jumping forward a little, but in the pilot of uh, Next Generation, we also have someone kind of an omnipotent being. Yeah, well, that's kind of interesting too. Yeah, like with the similarities there, but then there's no action. Well, I mean there is, but not the same way. Yeah. So anyway, it's a um, it's been a while since I watched the Mandra- or um, where no the man has gone, gone before. before. So I got to watch it again. It's uh, I got to do a rewatch of. Of the, of the original. original series it's been a long time it's pretty solid um yeah no it's it's definitely good it's interesting as you said like it culminates in action there's the big ideas uh very classic kind of tropes you know best friends kind of tore us under because uh, power corrupting I mean these are not exactly new themes these are very timeless themes but and then just a nice action at the end to kind of punctuate it all yeah and I mean I guess they wanted to make it a little bit more accessible right Absolutely. that was the idea it's a even though it's kind of funny that it didn't end up being the, the next or the first episode aired, I guess no. they, they liked um, the other one, the, the man trap, the man, the man trap better. Interesting, which is kind of interesting. Now Charlie X, I didn't even realize that was the second episode that was ever aired. Yeah, it's good, and it's funny too because the man trap is m- more of a McCoy episode, which is kind of interesting as yeah. well because it focuses on McCoy and his old relationship and stuff with. Uh, he has one, I believe it was Nancy. It said, and they don't need names, but yeah, so it said. Uh, Anyway, so that that started the iconic series way back when. Do you think it's a successful pilot? Yeah, I, I mean it works as a pilot, absolutely. I think it like personally, I would say I, I rather watch that first before I watch the rest. The rest, yeah, because yeah. I mean the rest of them, I, I feel that like you can watch them sort of out of order. Yeah, and, and it achieves like the the general idea of, of a pilot is supposed to be like these are the characters, this is the general tone of the show. Yeah. Um, the you know the, the ethos everything that the show could be should kind of be encapsulated in that first episode and I say yeah. that's and they absolute... do change the uniforms after that and, st- and a few yeah. aesthetic you know things on the ship and stuff so like but the, the characters re- are basically set yeah they're there it's just like from the aesthetic standpoint it makes more sense sort of to watch that first yeah and then you know everything's sort of set in place after that and, okay. it, and it continues so it's, yeah and right, then the, the next one's the the big one. Yeah, this is well. What's it? Yeah, this is what we grew up on. This right? is my this, show, right? This, this is, is our the next show. generation. Is it when did it start? Eighty seven. Eighty seven. Yeah. Wow. That's yeah, pretty we, crazy. We were four. Yeah, it's kind of hard to like. Again, I don't know. Like, I, I remember these ones a lot better than uh, than the original series. It's interesting too because like it aired in in syndication and it says you know it, it premiered the week of September twenty eighth nineteen eighty seven to twenty seven million viewers eighty seven eighty seven sorry that sounds like an insane amount yeah it was good twenty seven million viewers in well that I first mean it, week? it was hugely anticipated right because at this point nineteen eighty seven was good 
77 you had the movies right? what's interesting too though is that that's not even a big number for 87 though that's a small number yeah I, like, I don't know like now a, a good number is like of, uh, of like a lower performing show kind of on the bubble is like 3 to 5 million a high rated show now is making like is 13 to 15 million people watching it well yeah I guess uh, on with... network television so the fact that a syndicated show can earn 27 million seems crazy to us because the numbers are so low and fragmented now but at yeah. the time, this was still like. It's well, again, again, this is a time before the internet. This is a time before yeah. so many other ways to access things, right? Like you, you had to watch it on TV, right? I don't know. And I mean, other than that, it, like they went from the original series, they got the like the movies. Yeah. It started in seventy seven, right? That's true. Yeah. So then we would have had uh, ten years up, of up to this, we would have had Star Trek three, right, or four. Star Trek 4. Four, yeah. Five hadn't happened yet. No, five would have been 89. Got that big mess. <laughs> yeah, which is kind of weird because, yeah, it would have been simultaneous as Next Generation was going. Which is probably which probably an interesting decision to keep the movies running with the original crew, even though you have a new crew on TV. Well, I mean, I guess even back then, as long as it made money, right? Yeah, no, but it, like, it obviously it worked and we got great. Uh, we got at least oh, one five great wasn't movie good, but six was great. Six yeah. was a fantastic film, so it makes five almost worth it. Yeah, well, six was the apology, right? Star Trek Six, the apology. Is that what it is? Yeah, well, they had to because five <laughs> was so bad. Yeah, I guess that's not the that's not the note you want to go out with. No, but, th- but then TNG went out with Nemesis. No, it's true, and that's what like always chaps it's my too bad ass. That they is didn't. that like? My crew got the shittiest ending. Like, I really, in some way... At least they got a movie. I mean... No, it's three, true. Three it's television it. shows that never got a movie. No, it's true. And again, like I said, I don't think The Next Generation worked as well in film as it did on TV. No. I think I think it, it, it just didn't translate as well part as the original series did. Part of it's kind of that action element, I think. Because the uh, if you look at TOS, a lot of the stories were... You know, these kind of adventure romps. Whereas a lot of the TNG's best stories were heady science fiction. Yeah, like very like they didn't just kind of glance in science fiction. They really got into it. Like, think about how many episodes had time travel, or yeah. the mechanics of time travel, and the you know like it's it was a different show, obviously. Absolutely, right? it was and a then, more mature. Well, yeah, and then even looking at like how many episodes were about data and his quest for humanity, what it means, like the measure of man, like it was just so cerebral. And again, kind of going back, this is, must have been what Roddenberry wanted all along, but couldn't do. Well, I think, yeah, part of that, and part of, I think, Roddenberry getting older, right? And I think, again, though, what's a, which is also interesting is the whole sort of what is Star Trek, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and Roddenberry becoming very much a holder of the legacy of Star Trek, right? Because yeah. in the original series, they were just doing a show sort of thing, I think, Absolutely. more so. And, you know, hoping that it would be successful. How did where, the movies even happen? Well, what happened was the uh, they were going to do a second series. Oh, really? Which I guess we, we kind of should talk about it a little bit because sure. it was going to be uh, Star Trek Phase 2 okay and then Star Wars happened so it's a, so the, the, they decided to scrap the series which was already like they had sets they had a whole really? like yeah they had a casting and all sorts of stuff oh, was wow. I, they, I don't think they filmed I think they only filmed like test footage I don't think they actually filmed an episode at that point but they had like 12 scripts right already really yeah and then they basically decided to combine what they could out of those scripts Hmm. And then made the motion picture, and that happened because. I'm sorry, motion picture does not feel like there's a lot of script in there. No, I know, but it, it's a, they they took elements from those what, episodes. What year was motion picture? Seventy seven, or sorry, yeah, seventy nine. So it's a seventy seven was Star Wars. Star, Star Wars. Yeah, Star and Wars is basically the, the reason. Star Wars' Star Wars. pacing is so like fast paced and yeah, it's a. And then you look at something like motion picture, and it has a lot more similarities in terms of pacing with like two thousand and one. 
Much That's more, I think what they were going for. Which though. I know it just it it seems weird to have something that methodically slow paced after Star Wars. Yeah, Star Wars, as you said, is, is that's a huge like milestone. Yeah, it changes sci fi forever. Well, yeah. Again, it's you a, never have a sci fi movie like the way it was before. Yeah, it's a different it, like yeah, it changed the whole thing. I mean, and it's basically saved Star Trek in a way, right? Yeah, you look at sci fi movies before Star Wars. You have a lot of quirky kind of fifties and sixties films. You have the, the Planet of the Apes, which is a very particular style. And then you go to Star Wars, and suddenly it's not just about the space elements. It's now also about fantasy. Yeah. And fast-paced, you know, it's, it's exciting. Yeah, well, and then Roddenberry eventually loses control of the films, mm. which is uh, one of the things that uh, when he comes back, when they asked him to do Next Generation, yeah. he was very much hesitant at the time, but as long as he had control. And he, they basically gave him free reign. On uh, on the next generation, and then actually, the first episode was supposed to be only a one hour episode. Oh, really? He was very much against doing a two hour piece, but mm-hmm. it, like they they uh, they put him up to making it a two hour piece, and he was apparently really upset about it. Really? And interesting enough, was that the Q character came out of the fact that it had to be a two part. Really? Episode. Yeah. There was so See, it's that that's the kind of weird stuff that I love about the the mechanics of kind of making the food making the sausage you know that yeah like q is considered such an important character in this in the tng franchise yeah he starts the series he ends the series john delancey is an incredible presence and it's kind of interesting because he's not in that many episodes no but but he's so fondly yeah he's he's iconic with the borg though they only show up in what less than 10 episodes yeah not even it's like three the first episode then best of both worlds yep and And then then there's there's uh Uh, the one with hugh iborg iborg yeah, you got Descent Part One and Two. Yeah, and that's it. Is that it? That's it. So that's six episodes. Yeah. Of how many episodes of Star Trek, of TNG? Yeah, there's like what one something. What's it? There's a lot. One forty-eight. Yeah, there's at least one forty. There's seven seasons of at least twenty episodes per season. Yeah, and they did twenty-six episodes in those days. All right, so there so, might yeah. even be more than that. So there could be like let's say one hundred and fifty episodes. There will be in six. Yeah, well, and same with John Lancey. But it's kind of cool that he started out as just an add-in, basically. Like yeah. they had to flush out time. Because the whole the whole uh, the whole story was just going to revolve around uh, the Farpoint station. Interesting, right? So it's a, that was the the whole thing, and, and then, even that's I mean, not even that exciting the Farpoint stuff. Yeah, no, I mean it was again it was more which of a sci-fi should, episode, though, which right? I guess we should talk about. So right, Farpoint. A, so the, yeah, we've we've encountered like the first shot is is of Patrick Stewart, the captain of this new galaxy class starship that he's talking about, and yeah. You know, it's the most advanced starship ever built. Mm-hmm. Um, which again, I love the Enterprise D out of all the. Uh, well, it's because it's your Enterprise. Yeah, but at the same time, I just feel like it was the most like flushed out. Of I really the, of like the, the E though. Yeah, no, it's a. But when it becomes a little bit more sleek. Yeah, I know, but I just feel like it was the most like we saw the most of it. Like you oh, know what I mean? Oh, like absolutely. As, as a ship, it feels real to me. For sure. You know what I mean? Like I, I feel like I could go to the Enterprise D and walk around, and, yeah, and be there. Like <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a great ship. You like want to walk inside the, uh, the D? Yeah. So it's a, um, yeah. Anyway, and then they, uh, they have crew. What's it? I believe it's Riker and uh, Beverly mm-hmm. and uh, Wesley. Yeah. And uh, Jordy, I believe, Who's are Jordan? all at, at Farpoint, and they're waiting for the, the Enterprise to pick them up because they're new members of the crew. Mm-hmm. So it's a, I do like how they do that. It's very much, again, kind of easing yourself into what this crew is because yeah, they're they're new the to each one, other. It's all we all everyone's already there. There's no kind of vantage point characters. Where in TNG, you get not only are there 
the crew interacting for the first time, parts of them. Yeah. Uh, you get the idea that there is history through some of the members, obviously. Well, yeah, uh, we find out later that Beverly and the Picard, Picard know each, each other. other. And you also have um, uh, Deanna and Riker. Right, yes. Their prior relationship. So, I mean, those are really the only two people who really know, the two sets of people that really knew each other before the series starts, right? I believe so, yeah. So, again, it is, for better or for worse, you do have this kind of, this beginning of the crew. So you have them kind of learning and who each other are and it, as a viewer it allows you to kind of have that opportunity to kind of meet everyone as they're meeting each other which is you know again often done in a lot of shows yeah yeah it was kind of cool some sort of way to have a vantage point character to represent the uh, the audience in this case you also have Wesley who's kind of like the child yeah and uh, like for, I remember um, I don't know if I read this or or heard this but basically apparently Roddenberry saw Wesley Riker and Picard as sort of like three versions of himself. Really? Was it like Wesley being the child and yeah, and, and uh, Riker and Riker sort of the the, the Kirk character as well in That's the Next true. Generation. He's very much you know. I guess he starts off more that way. Yeah, he does. He and loses that edge. As, eh, but he was always sort of the woman's man, like it's a yeah throughout the series. He's still never a Kirk, you know. Not not full on like it's a, not to the same extent, but he wasn't as cocky, I guess. You know who never got the latest though. Jordy. Well, yeah, Jordy had a rough time. He struck out a lot. Worf got a lot more. <laughs> well, what's it? Maybe not as much in TNG. But, but anyway, what's it? Uh, speaking of Worf too, which was kind of interesting. Apparently, Worf was like a last uh, edition. Last minute edition. Yeah, what's it? Uh, that was one of Roddenberry's things where he just wanted to show that like the Klingons and the Federation had had come to peace, sort of. What's mm-hmm. it? So uh, he thought it would be kind of neat to throw a Klingon on the bridge. And, put yeah, the enemy I guess, there. If we, I guess if we'd never seen that, we may never have gotten uh, Star Trek Six. Yeah, no, absolutely. Because I mean, that was obviously a huge element that you know, these were the enemy. Now they're not. Yeah. Now they're here. How do you now, deal with that? How do you deal with that? Yeah. And I, again, I like that we don't have the baggage of a character like Kirk because Kirk, his whole—that's interesting too. The fact that they move so much forward in time because that must have been. Yeah, that, it was an interesting choice, right? Because I guess at that point. I guess at that point they really sort of had to make a decision as to where this fits mm-hmm. into things, right? It's a, um, and they also brought in uh, Leonard McCoy, right? Yeah. In the first episode, even though they try to sort of like they don't really, they don't outright tell you that it's Leonard McCoy, but you like any of the old fans, yeah. Would if know. you know, you know. And it was a great little touching send off. Absolutely. It's a, uh, and and of course having him interact with Data was it was kind of cool because him mm-hmm. and Sp- the Spock dynamic, right? Absolutely. So that was, that was a cool little touch as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, that would have been early on in the episode as well, because then he departs. He was there to watch uh, or to look over sickbay before they, uh, yeah, before they went off. And then they end up going off, and they get uh, before they encounter or before they get to uh, Far to Farpoint. What's that? They end up running into Q. Yeah. And then Q basically tells them that hum- humanity's is, on trial. Yeah. All I remember is uh, well, not all I remember, but one of the that weird energy sphere around them. Yeah, that creates the... Uh, Not the a, best visual. <laughs> well, I mean, again, early CG It was 1987, work, right? so what can you do in terms of graphics, but... Yeah. I but again, it's a, uh, with all the Blu-rays and stuff, it, like, it still looks pretty awesome. Like, yeah. And and the great thing is that, that you know they spent the money on making models and stuff, which hold up today. That's Whereas, true. like, if it was just CG, because I know, I believe there was there was talk about doing more CG in, in uh, Next Generation. Interesting. And possibly doing the ship, but they they opted not to. Which is, I think, you know, awesome in retrospect because look yeah. at how good the show looks Absolutely. now on, on, on high depth. Yeah, if the show was done now, they, they wouldn't bother you with models. No, it'd be done for production. It's g- cheaper, right? But the models kind of sell it. 
Oh, absolutely. And there's it a lo- weight it looks to so, it. It looks so good today. There's a weight to it. There's a there's a certain authenticity to it because, again, it is a real effect. Practical effects will always trump CGI because if there's just something there's something extra to it. You can tell that. Yeah, it's it just you can effect. see the texture and you can see things right. Like, and it's it's pretty awesome when you see like details that they mm-hmm. actually took the time to to put in there, right? Craft so it's, on there. It's yeah. pretty cool. Anyway, so they uh, Q basically puts them on trial. What's that? Uh, and then they end up getting to Farpoint at some point. What's that? And, and Picard's a real jerk to Riker because he makes him like put the ship back together. Yeah. And of course, yeah. First time we see saucer separation. They, how how much time of that first episode is spent just watching it? Like, well, yeah. It's, it, like, that, that's why on, they ended up cutting it out. Actually, was yeah because it was supposed to be a regular tactic that they would use. Yeah. The whole idea, I guess, because we find out that the Galaxy class has families on board and stuff. Yeah. So the idea was you ditch the families. On the saucer section, yeah. and then send the the uh, which is the, star weird, drive. the weirdest looking thing you've ever seen. Yeah, you send them off to it's a you know, and then you battle with the star drive sort of thing. That yeah. was supposed to be like more of a tactic that they would use, but because of time, they cut it out. Yeah, and, the, and it was only used like three or four times in the whole show. Really, only that? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, because I think it was best of both worlds, and other than that, I can't remember. Oh, I think it was another first season episode. Yeah. Where they used it like once, and then I just remember when it was first used. The, I guess the two times in the first year, it was just the longest animation, or not even. Animation, yeah, it's a long sequence. sequence. Yeah, it's just like get it over with. We get it. Yeah. It's well, it was kind of funny too that like Riker had to bring it back together, and yeah. it's like, oh look, we're doing this in reverse. Yeah, so it's kind of funny. It was a bit of a time filler, but again, maybe that stemmed from because it's a two hour, and because they were hour. told like, you got to flush this thing out. Right? It would have been interesting to see what it would have been like in an hour, but yeah, then you wouldn't really. We have wouldn't Q, have Q, so you would lose a really great element of the show. Yeah, and then yeah, so they get to encounter or they get to Farpoint, and uh, it turns out Farpoint was actually a, a, an alien species. Yeah, that they were you know these um, these other aliens that you know are the inhabitants of, of uh, the world were forcing into. And to make it make it a outpost, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So yeah, and then you have that interesting scene of the two, yeah, the two aliens meeting up to with each other. So which I, is very more sci-fi idea. Sort yeah. Of so as a pilot, how do you think it succeeds? I, well, it does. I think it does a good job. It introduces um, all the characters. You know, you get to sort of get a sense of who everybody is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a decent story. It's. It's not the most amazing pilot, I guess, no. but it's a, again, it's... In terms of the long-term show itself, I mean, there's so many great elements that are seated there. Yeah. Um, Picard's, like, again, Picard's TNG stiff. took, like, two years to really kick in, right, and really start getting interesting. Yeah. But, yeah, Picard's sort of more of a dick here at the beginning. Yeah, he's not... He's not. He's, he's a not little bit too forward. tight. But, again, I guess part of that is also from the actors and stuff. Yeah, Patrick a, Stewart wasn't quite comfortable yet. Yeah. He wasn't comfortable for a while, so that kind of shows. That so was like, the other thing that's kind of interesting. Like, Patrick Stewart was... Uh, he never wanted to do, like, a long series. Like, yeah. everybody just told him, God, do it. You'll make a bunch of money, and it will be over in no time, right? Because yeah, yeah. it's... It's not gonna. It's not gonna work. No, no one's gonna watch it. Because well, the original, an iconic on, series. Yeah, the original one was only three years, and that was the iconic one. So yeah. you can't possibly match that. Yeah, and like it's never gonna work. You're, they're trying to revive an iconic series, and you know it's it's sci-fi. It's, it's syndicated. Yeah, and then uh, seven years later, you know they were still on. So it's Which pretty is awesome. Pretty crazy. Yeah. So I guess let's jump forward six years. Yeah, and we got Deep Space Nine. So Deep, Deep Space Nine, it had a two-hour premiere, didn't it? It did, yeah. I think, I guess, basically because Next Generation did, they they had a two-hour pilot as well. 
Now it was it's interesting because this is the first one to ever been created during another series run. Yeah. So it kind of gets benefits from kind of the mothership, so to speak, kind of being attached to it. Well, yeah, quite it, literally. It's pretty cool because yeah, like it was. I think to me, Deep Space Nine expands the Star Trek universe the most out of all the series, right? More than Voyager. I, th- I think so. Voyager takes place in an entire different quadrant, and then we see more and more elements of it. Yeah, but I, I just mean, like, what's that? Voyager, to me, ended up becoming a lot like Next Generation. Okay. Even though it is set in a different quadrant and all that, but yeah. what's that? I just felt like Deep Space Nine really did flush out the it's Star Trek It told different universe. types of stories. It wasn't just the standard, you know, we're exploring and we're discovering things. It was much more about... Well, again, it's also the time it was kind of created, because the, the whole idea of these people who've been subjugated... Yeah, it was interesting because it took care, like it's things. It's most political. It's probably the most political. Yeah, absolutely. Actually, it, maybe not because Enterprise is a lot of politics in it. Yeah, but I, I think Deep Space and again, Nine was... the card of that's because it was created right after, like in and around September 11th. Well, yeah, that, that's so kind of that, interesting. That too. really informs how that show ends up developing because it has certain par- like real world parallels to what's going on in the world at that time as the world starts to change. Whereas, yeah. And again, you had the world still going through a lot of change in the early 90s because the communism had fell. Yeah, well, this was, in, what, 93 is when it airs, right? 93 is when it airs. So it's, a, it's kind of interesting because we're in season six of Star Trek. Or, yeah, season six of Star Trek, The Next At Generation. That point, right? yeah. So I guess, I don't I wonder, like, did they know Next Generation was ending? I'm not sure. Or was it the plan? They pro- I don't know if they ever really maybe planned it, but they probably probably knew that it wasn't going to last forever. I mean, in yeah. syndication, what is that magic number? Well, yeah, I mean, I, I, I guess, I don't think they had it solid, like a solid that it's going to be seven yeah. years. But, I mean, for a genre show, it feels like this these days that seven is a pretty good number to hit. Everyone yeah. kind of wants to hit seven years. It was kind of cool, though, because they took elements from Next Generation that we had seen before, the Cardassians and the Bajorans. Yeah. And, uh, Which have really just been just propped up, like, shown once, and then they really ran with it. Well, they, they showed the Cardassians a couple times at Did that they? point. Yeah, because okay. the last episode of Next Generation uh, to air was actually the Cardassian episode, the uh, the Chain of Command. Okay. Right, which which really mu- very much so leads into mm. um, leads into like uh, into Deep Space Nine. Okay. So yeah, it did benefit from from having Next Generation because we it starts out with mm. Wolf three five nine right from absolutely from uh, best best of both worlds. Which is a battle that we never saw. We just saw the aftermath. We always heard about it. Well, and it was yeah. We see we see the aftermath yeah. in in that episode, which is kind of cool. And then we turns out Cisco was was there. You know, from a pilot perspective, I mean, every episode of someone could be someone's first. Do you think that in, in meshing it within the TNG universe was a smart move, like works in terms of its successfulness as a pilot? Yeah, because I think so. Like if you haven't watched. Star Trek and don't know who the Borg are, and this is your first. They give you a brief point. overview. There's actually a scroll at the is beginning. There? Yeah, there okay. is a brief. Yeah, and it tells you, you know, a little bit of a quick uh, blurb about what, okay. what happened at Wolf Three. I'm just curious how that functions because I mean it's hard for us to really speak to it because we were obviously. Well, it was never story. shown though, right? So it's you, you see something you like see something you haven't seen if you are a fan, and, and if you're not a fan, then you're kind of you kind of get the gist of what happened. You're getting there. the cliff notes, kind of. Yeah, so I, I think it works on both levels. Like it, it could stand alone. You don't have to know what's good. Um, it sets up the tension that later on yeah. between uh, Cisco and, and Picard, mm. even though it's not really warranted. But I mean, I can understand Cisco. Yeah, being upset for sure. Because uh, he loses his wife, yeah, and ends up being a single father. Is it actually and that's an interesting dynamic too? Is that we don't really have any, 
I guess who do we ever really have any real families? Is, I guess you had Worf was the father. Yeah, that's it. But it wasn't played up. That There's much. not the same sort of family dynamics because Alexander got shoved off the ship pretty fast. So he ended up living with his yeah. grandparents for a long time. Uh, they brought him back for a bit. What's uh, Cisco's son's name again? Jake. Jake. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So yeah, it was kind of neat. They decided to go a different route, which I think was good. Because I mean, you have the original series, and then Next Generation is is pretty much a remake. In a lot of ways. In a lot of ways. It's a, uh, I mean, it works. It's yeah. a, it became a very different show, but yeah. you know, it, its setup is the same, right? Yeah. It's to boldly go where no one has gone before. The DS9 is probably the most radical at that point. Because yeah, it's, it's a it's total shift. On, it's not on a ship, now it's on a station. Yeah, which uh, again, it's it kind of interesting because there's a whole, that Babylon 5 link. Yeah. Which I think we talked about in the last episode we did, as yeah. well. And then we also have the fact that you have, you know, Cisco again, not only is he a father, a single father. Yeah. That, but also, then the connection that comes out in that episode is a connection to the prophets, the whole right. religious aspect that had never really existed. That well, much. yeah, again, it's a Roddenberry sort of stayed away from religion. Is uh, there was apparently he once he like he said to people that you know in the future people are going to give up religion and we'll be better for it. Hmm. So that people are going to become humanitarians instead yeah. of instead of focusing on religion. So now you're, I mean, by '93, when did Roddenberry die? Like '89? No, it would have been later. What's it? '91. Uh, '91. Because he died around when. Uh, it would have been season five country. of. Uh, yeah, it, it was undiscovered. Yeah, undiscovered country, which okay. apparently you did get to see before he died. Did he? Okay. Yeah. And he was he the certain he things like he, and certain things he didn't like apparently as well. But again, <laughs> the old man. Again, he he got he uh, he lost that control over the movies, and that's why he wanted that control over next gotcha. generation. So it's a um, anyway. So in Deep Space Nine, yeah, we we end up. But the religious connections are like overt and right from the beginning. Like I forget sometimes that they, that connection to the prophets and and that aspect of uh, Bajor was pretty early. Yeah, it was, and I think that that started there, right? Because we did, they didn't really explore the spiritual side of, of the Bajorans before that. No, no, so no, all we knew that was that they were oppressed by the Cardassians, yeah. and they were sort of very much gypsies, where they were cast out uh, from yeah. their home world and had to. Like, and we knew what they looked like. Settle, it. yeah, they had to settle around the galaxy, right? Yeah. So, it, um, but at this point, it, was, uh, it turns out there was a shift, and and the Cardassians decide to abandon the station. Yeah. So it's a uh, so the, the Bajorans asked for Federation assistance, mm-hmm. which is why Cisco ends up there because he, he was pretty content working at the uh, Utopia Planitia shipyard. That's, that's right, yeah. right. And he was he was very much just raising his son, and he he was kind of a disgruntled sort of Starfleet officer either. Yeah, he didn't really know if what he was doing was he wanted to be doing it anymore. Mm. Which is kind of very different from all the other Starfleet characters that we've always well, seen. especially from Picard at that point, because Picard was well, kind of raised... Picard up. is very much proud of Starfleet. Yeah, and like, very much pride and principled and... Yeah, so that was another conflict of and, and change of, mm-hmm. of of Captain, right? Which is kind of cool. And he even tells Picard at the very beginning that, you know, he doesn't know how long he's going to stay here, because this isn't ideal for him, for him and his son. Yeah. And Picard even says, well, should I be looking for a replacement? Which is kind of interesting. And then, yeah, it's a... Uh, Enter the Prophets. It's, mm-hmm. um, it's kind of convoluted as a as a pilot, though, because there's there's almost too much going on. But again, you also I'm just thinking about characters. You do get kind of introduced to all the characters quite well. Yeah, well, it's kind again, of neat to bring uh, Miles O'Brien over. Yeah, actually, it has that similar to the TNG in that you're bringing together the crew. Yeah, the whole cast is coming. You together. know, the, the, the crew doesn't really know each other. A few of them do. Yeah, um, the only two I think that know each other at this point are uh, well, it's a. 
Jadzia you have Jadzia and, and, Cisco. And, uh, and Cisco, but that's kind of interesting too because it's a different body. Yeah, and then you have Odo and uh, Kira. Yeah, who had worked on the station while the Cardassians were there. And did anyone else? I guess no. But then no. The, the audience knew Miles Brown. Yeah. That was the From kind of the big TNG. If, if you've been watching TNG, you know Miles O'Brien, and that's kind of your gateway character. Yeah. Who other, if if you were not a previous TNG fan, who do you think would have been kind of that the like the kind of perspective character? Would it have just been Cisco, um, the one that kind of leads you through? Yeah, I guess so. It's very like, much a Cisco. Story. You know what I mean? Like the the, the eyes of the viewership. There's always yeah. someone that's kind of the the one that you're supposed to be able to kind of see through. Yeah, it's it's got to be Cisco because it, it it mostly focuses on him. Yeah, which is kind of what's a uh, he takes you along the trip. And in terms of what of the show becomes, it's it's an interesting. It, it really, it really does set the groundwork for what the show could be and will be, especially yeah, with the spiritual elements, which get played up a lot later on. The yeah, conflicts between Bajor and Cardassians. Yeah, the Cardassians are very there. much there, like all throughout the series, and and also like the kind of the. As much as there's law and order on the station, it's also kind of looser, you know. Yeah, well, again, it was sort of, um, they brought it back to that Western idea again, that the much promenade so, is very yeah. much like the, you know, like a small Western town. Yeah. You have the sheriff's office. Yeah, you got you a have saloon. The, you have the, the <laughs> saloon, you have the doctor. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, again, you, it was kind of cool, too, because you had non-Federation characters. Mm-hmm. Which was kind of cool too, because you got to see a different perspective yeah. of the and Federation. It didn't run like a starship; it ran like a community. Yeah, it, it was very like much. It was, it was a city. It was an outpost. Yeah, it was an exactly outpost. What it was. It was yeah. an outpost on the edge of a wormhole. Which was, yeah, it was duly discovered, right? Yeah, because that, that's the the uh, big discovery is the uh, is the wormhole. So it actually so, ends up, and being that's a why they end up moving the station from orbit of Bajor yeah. to the mouth of the wormhole, and, and it ends up becoming a key kind of element of stories yeah. a lot of stories come from that as well yeah so again, as well as what says it also reinforces why Starfleet wants to stay there so and, oh, from from a pilot perspective does a really good job of kind of laying out the lay of the land not just the characters but also the setting yeah. why it's important yeah and, and again the setting was very different from Next Generation as well they, did, they made an objective mm-hmm. uh, point of you know making the and, and figuring out Cardassian architecture and all that kind of stuff because the station itself is also just as iconic as as, as the Enterprise, I would think, in, in its sort of image. Uh, yeah, I'd say so. You know what I mean? Like right away, you see that image of, of, you co- you know of Deep Space Nine. You know it's Deep Space Nine. Yeah, you know, like it's not anything else, which is kind of cool. Hmm. Now, if we move ahead two more years, yeah, it's pretty crazy. Eh? At this like, point, that's like, close. Like I, it's extremely that close together. Apart, but so you have TNG and in '94. Yep. And then '95, we have a new series. You also have. Uh, the movie, right? Yeah, it's pretty movie. nuts too, because they literally like finished the series and then went they on to film the movie like yeah. a week, two weeks later, right? Do you, do you ever wish that the finale? Well, I mean, I guess the finale of TNG, which we'll talk about in a later podcast, yeah, kind of is like a movie. Yeah, it sort of is. It's long enough, yeah. Isn't it three episodes or is it just two? Well, it's it's a two hour, it's a two hour piece. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it, it was intended as two hours. Was well. it okay? Yeah, I wasn't sure. I couldn't remember. Yeah. All right, so we got Voyager starting. Yeah, and Voyager was very much a result of UPN starting. Which yeah, I guess so. Which was, was the, you know, Paramount decided they wanted to create a network, mm-hmm. and they wanted a Star Trek show to launch it. And I think they should have waited. I don't know. I It has a strong pilot, I have to say. If we're just looking on the pilots, I okay. think Voyager had a very strong, very, you know, central idea that, you know, you have 
the Maquis, you have, you know, uh, a Star Trek ship pursuing them, uh, sorry, a Federation ship pursuing them. Yeah. Something happens, they get shunted so, you know, many light years away and they have to find their way home. That's a great premise. Yeah, no, absolutely. And like, I think that's what why so it, Voyager failed. And it's because it's, its setup yeah, is so good. It has and, a really ambitious premise. You, and, again, you have the first female captain, which is what kind of makes it notable as well. Yeah. Again, the pilot gives you all the pieces you need. And the idea of having like this weird culture clash between the Maquis who were pursued and the Federation, the pursuers, having to team up could have been fascinating. Yeah. Again, it never works out that way, and it's a it's kind of a failed potential. But I think if you just look at the bare bone elements, I think it's probably one of the best Star Trek pilots because it has a very clear identity, very clear direction. Because DS Nine sets up an idea, but you don't really know where they're going to go with it. Yeah, it's true, and, it, and it did sort direction. of struggle too. Deep Space Nine, like it took again, it took kind it of took two, two years, years to find it to figure out what its focus was yeah. going to be. Yeah. Whereas Voyager had a very clear crystal focus. And then it just never really lived up to the potential of the idea. Because everything's there. The building blocks are there for all these characters. Yeah. Uh, you even have new alien characters who, again, who are your perspective characters, who are learning about all these new people. Yeah. Half of whom, like, each half of the characters know each other, basically. The, 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 yeah, there's... The, I the guess Federation the... characters know each other, and the Maquis characters know each other. Right. So you have two elements knowing each other, and then you have Neelix and Kess learning about them all. Yeah. So, I mean, it's almost really sad that the show ended up really kind of being a disappointment because it's it really is one of the best pilots they did yeah i know it's true like the premise is like it, it, it sets it up as something that it could be really interesting and the fact that they're you know lost in space yeah that they won't be you know they don't have starfleet assistance they're really yeah. much on their own again we've talked about this a lot of times off podcasts it's never really realized because they go through so much stuff that their ship should have holes in it, like it should be a yeah. tank, and that would be cool to see. Again, that kind of makes me think of Firefly because it's a ship that's barely being held together half the time. Yeah, and that's why it sort of ended up feeling very much like Next Generation, whereas like you know it, it sort of fell to that that model where it, you know they sort of rehash they did rehash some episodes yeah. and stuff, right? It's interesting too because it, it takes you know it's being created around the, the obviously the same time as DS Nine. DS9 becomes more and more serialized storytelling, yeah. which was starting to happen. We had Babylon 5 was very much serial storytelling. Yeah. And as we get into like 97 onwards, you have the rise of shows, genre shows like Buffy. And that was, again, very much about ten, uh, certain continuity and things being... And then even if you look at the, the action-adventure genre at the time, you had shows like Xena and Hercules that were starting to create... Yeah, mythologies and stuff. Mythologies like of the show. So yeah. the idea of having a kind of a serial was more... It wasn't just... You know the episode of the week anymore, which is very much what TNG was. Yeah, it was. But very, that was yeah, that was the storytelling of the time. You could kind of watch an episode from season three and season six, not a lot. Yeah, you, you can pretty much like watch it out of order. Years, yeah. you know, like because it's just the, the nature of the beast. It wasn't about telling a show that had a lot of elements of change. Whereas Voyager was an opportunity to really change that. Yeah, absolutely, especially with its premise. The premise gave you all the tools you needed. I just feel like that's the most disappointing because. It probably had the most potential. Because yeah, and then it, it still was pretty much an episode of the week. Yeah, it, like even re, like right to the end, like they did a few connections and stuff, but it overall, was, you could pretty much pick out episodes and you know. Yeah. But I mean, again, all the characters were there. I mean, you do get a good sense of what the show. Both yeah, is and could the other thing was the the Maquis integrating so quickly to Starfleet. Like yeah. it was a bit too much. But in the first episode, we don't get a. There's still. It's still very rough. Ah, they're already sort of wearing the I uniforms know. and everything, and it was kind of like, really? They're going to just put on the uniforms? Like, 
It's Chakotay little... doesn't even like put up a fight. It's like, bitch, I just crashed my ship. Like, <laughs> it's a, to save your ass, and that, now you're gonna make me be your servant boy. It's rough edges, like, but yeah. Like Chakotay really does, be, you know, become the oh, first officer. Yeah. He, like very, very quickly. Like he was an interesting captain because he's again he was again a character who had the spiritual side. Which yeah, is something we're seeing more and more of at this point. You have obviously um, Cisco dealing with that more. You know the responsibility. Well, yeah, he, he doesn't want a, it at, at first, and being like, a, a religious icon like, yeah. is a huge deal. And then we have a character like Chakotay, who's you know very again goes to the actor's own kind of his own maybe potential spirituality. I don't know if he's like that or not. Or I, I'm not sure. What's it? But that's how they wrote it, right? So it's yeah, a, yeah. I mean, it, it could have been more interesting. I would have liked to have seen more of the renegade Chakotay. I would have liked to have seen them try to like. You know, maybe seal a couple shuttles or something. Or yeah, like, something. I mean, later on they had a, an episode where um, Tuvok had that program where the Maquis tried to take the ship or That's whatever. Right. But I mean, it would have been kind of interesting to tr- see them, you know, do something. Like yeah. it just seems too easy. Like they, they yeah. but even like they the, fell in a place very. The characters quick. they introduced, like I really like Paris. Yeah, and, and again, it's a, that's kind of interesting too, right? And he's well done in the pr- in the premiere, I'd say. Like, when they give him everything you need to know about that And he's character. very much the Nicholas Locarno oh, from absolutely. TNG, which is just unfortunate that they didn't use the name, because the only reason they didn't use that is apparently they didn't want to pay Ronald D. Moore and uh, the other gentleman that wrote that episode that it's came just, up with that character. It's just weird, because then, you, again, you would have had that kind of bridge character, a character who showed up yeah. in the previous series, who's now in this series. Like, Going back to Deep Space Nine, it would have been kind of interesting, because apparently Michelle Forbes was supposed to be the Kira character. That's right, yeah. And then... Uh, it was better without her. Better with a new character. I, I don't know. I think it would have been kind of neat to see Michelle Forbes. I do like uh, uh, Kira The character Nerys. had her own baggage. Yeah, I know, I know, but it would have been kind of cool, because she was more, like, uh, authoritative. I wish we had seen Shelby one more time somewhere. Shelby? From What's Best it? of Both Worlds. Uh, yeah, that would have been cool, actually, too. I would have liked to have seen her. She's in that two-parter, yeah. and it's kind of... She's a really interesting character, and I would have loved to see what happens to her. Yeah, it would have been kind of funny if she came back as a captain. Like, how is she changed by that experience? Like, yeah. She goes through a lot. Well, because she becomes the first officer after that yeah. point, right? But we just would have liked to see more. Yeah, no, they, there's definitely some dropped opportunities throughout the years there that they could have brought some people back. But yeah, and then another interesting thing about Voyager, um, the captain was not... Kate Mulgrew originally. Oh no! What's up? It was um, a French uh, Canadian actress. Really? What's it? Uh, I can't remember her name offhand right now. But they had actually shot like a day or two's worth of, really? of footage. Yeah, it's on YouTube. It's kind of kind of scary, actually. Oh really? What's that? She ended up quitting like the show because um, she just didn't, I guess, fall in place. Right? She didn't really? like it, so it didn't work for her. And Kate Mulgrew was like the runner-up. Interesting. And then they actually ended up obviously bringing her in, and and, and uh, the rest is history. But it's pretty hard watching that uh, that footage. Genevieve Bujol. Yeah, it's a, like if you watch the footage on YouTube, it's it's pretty scary. She's like, old. It's a, and she was so wooden, like in in that footage. Like it, uh, it's such, it's so amazing that that didn't happen because otherwise, like Voyager could have been a complete disaster. Yeah. But like she's she's pretty old. Like if you think about the show started what how did I say ninety five. So Kate Mulgrew was 40, and this Genevieve person was uh, already, like, 53. Like, that's kind of Yeah, it's a, like I said, she she, uh, she was just very stiff in the, in the footage, and it just wouldn't have worked. Like, Kate Mulgrew was a good Captain Janeway, even though it's a, I think they did some writing problems. Like, they wrote her a little bit rough yeah. with uh, certain things, but 
she does she does take that role and make it hers. She does. So it's a, for better or for worse. Yeah. Was uh, Picardo in the pilot? Yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's at the uh, when still, they when they get thrown into the, the Delta Quadrant. It's at the, the medical staff right all, away, all die pretty much, yeah. leaving the doctor. Uh, and here's an interesting element, which I think at times they lean too hard on. Yeah, I would say he was very much the data character of that series, right? Absolutely. But I mean, Picardo does give such a great performance that he's the character data. that grows the most out of the, out of the he, bunch. In a lot of ways, he grows a lot more than Data does. Yeah, I guess so. Because Data's it? not really permitted the room to grow as much. Yeah, whereas I guess he he has emotion, or at least he's project, projected emotion, yeah, right? Exactly. He's programmed with it, which is kind of interesting. Well, let's, uh, let's jump that forward. That brings us to Enterprise, right? Yeah, so that would jump to September 26, 2001, when uh, a yeah. new show premieres in the wake of 9-11. Yeah, apparently, what's it? Um, UPN, I guess it was, still was UPN at the time, right? Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, so, yeah, so it's a, they wanted... Apparently they wanted uh, Enterprise before Voyager had ended, but uh, Rick Berman was the one that said, "No, no, let's let's wrap up Voyager." When did Voyager end? Two thousand one as well. Two thousand one, yeah. I mean, like the, the it would have been May of two thousand one. Yeah. yeah, interesting. So it's a it's an interesting decision to go backwards. Yeah, it was the time of the prequel, I guess. So it's a that was I sort guess that of was kind of happening because it's in ninety nine was Star Wars, yeah. and then said every, everything else was starting to do prequels. I remember when I first heard they were going to do a prequel, I was like, really. We're going to do a prequel. Uh, uh, Especially if you're going to do a show about exploring new worlds. Well, if you're going to do something before Kirk, well, what are you going to be exploring that we haven't already seen? Yeah, I mean, I think it was... Uh, I personally enjoyed Enterprise a lot more than I did Voyager. Okay. Um, and again, I think it was, a, it was a bold idea to go backwards. And, uh, like, when you're with the uh, new Blu-ray sets coming out and stuff, mm-hmm. there's a lot of cool interviews and, and things that you hear about now that... Uh, what it could have been mm. and how like how much network interference played into it oh, really? and it's a real shame because it could have been really there could have been some interesting ideas like uh, I think it was um, Brandon Braga that was saying that it was going to be a mostly land based show for oh, the yeah, first season right, yeah. they weren't going to just launch launch the ship in the first episode um, but it was very much the network that stepped in and said well that's not Star Trek no they didn't want like transporters uh, certain elements that they were going to take out but the network was like, oh well, no, those are iconic Star Trek elements. You can't, you can't remove that. Again, the issue of being with a network. Yeah, it's it's kind of interesting. Like, I think I think Enterprise suffered the most from network interference. Probably when you, yeah. when you hear about these things. Well, especially because it was kind of the waning age of a Star Trek TV show. You know, like they were is becoming. I think you know, there's a little bit of a margin of uh, of you know lower returns. Is that yeah. each which each show you were getting a little bit less. Well, did Paramount go to the well too many times, right? Probably. I yeah. mean, I, I, I think mean, I think Voyager starting when it did was I way mean, too com- soon. Combined amongst those, you know, TNG, Voyager, and DS9, you have twenty-one seasons. Oh yeah, no, it's crazy. That's a ton of television. It's 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 incredible. Like, but then it was also they had the era eighteen of consecutive years <laughs> of production. It was also the era of, Star Trek. of um, you know of having a lot of spin-offs though. I mean, you had Law and Order. Was it what happened in what like nineteen ninety? So yeah, you had, yeah, okay. You know, Law and Order, and then you had like, all the other Law and Order. Or the other versions, yeah. You know, you had SVU, you had Criminal Intent by then. So, I mean, again, it was kind of like that age where you had shows starting to spin off into each other. Uh, Jags, but of NCIS. Yeah. I mean, it's not that surprising, I guess, that they wanted to kind of keep, well, it, I mean, keep I mean, it going. Of course, it's a, it's a bit of a cash cow, too, right? Like, yeah, it's but, all... but unlike all those others, I think there's a, an, like a literal universe to, to mine. 
Yeah, no, stars. it's well. Again, it was kind of cool. You know, Deep Space Nine started with Next Generation. They had the Enterprise there. They yeah. had Picard, and then Voyager started at Deep Space Nine mm-hmm. before they left. Right, and you yeah. had you had uh, Quark. Because mm-hmm. Harry Kim was at, uh, at Quark's bar yeah. at the beginning, which is kind of cool. I will say the Enterprise definitely doesn't feel as Star Trek-y, especially at the beginning. definitely feels like you're watching a different type of show. Well, yeah, they tried to... They made a deliberate attempt to try to distinguish it from the other series, right? And then, again, they, well, dropped, they dropped the Star Trek name as well, which was That's sort right, of controversial yeah. among fans. I know, I personally, I was like, really? Like, we're Aren't not going to call it Star Trek, we're just going to call it Enterprise? I get what they were going for, yeah. but I think it sort of pissed off the fans right off the bat. True. But I think, that, again, the whole idea of going for a different feel was because by then Star Trek had started to feel kind of sanitized. Especially well, yeah, again, Voyager. Voyager felt very much like Next Generation. It didn't end up feeling like it was its own thing in some ways. You no. know what I mean? Like, it, it was almost a copy. Yeah, it was. It's or a, starting to feel that way. Anyway. It, at least Especially it, the way it would borrow iconic elements from TNG, like the Borg and Q, and repurpose them for their own needs, which... Again, I really bugs me. Yeah. Those two things, I think, were so good. And but part of what really made them work on the originals is that they were used so sparingly, yet they're so memorable. Yeah. And I felt that those elements were so overused, especially with 7 Well, I think First Contact would have done that, too, right? Because First Contact yeah. brought the Borg very much. You know, people were like, oh, yeah, the Borg The again. Borg are amazing, yeah. And then, yeah, it sort of led into that as well. That definitely helped with the Borg explosion. Well, I mean, we even get a Borg episode of Enterprise, though I thought it was really well done. Some people really sure. hated it. Uh, but that's a good point. I, I thought it, I, I thought I thought they did a good job of it. Well, Enterprise eventually is allowed to tap into a lot of things that are good about the brand, and, yeah, and iconic. But at, at the first, it felt like they were very much doing their own thing. They had a little bit of you know Klingons at the, in the first. Episode. Yeah, well, let's, let's do a little talk quick about rundown. the pilot. Yeah, let's, uh, so we start out with a, a farmer, mm-hmm. so in a field and. Uh, or actually, no, it's not... You don't see the farmer yet. It's a, sorry, it's like... You see the Suleban first, right? Yeah. It's a, they're running through the field, and they're chasing a Klingon. Yeah. And then uh, the farmer ends up blowing away the Klingon. Yeah. It's a, uh, so that's what launches the whole the whole thing. It turns out it's a Starfleet. Mm-hmm. This is before the Federation. Yeah. But uh, they're creating the first Warp 5 ship. It's, a, uh, it's almost about to... like, ready to launch. Yeah. But ends up being forced out a little bit sooner because of this incident. So the the Klingon is alive, yeah. But uh, they want to return him to his home world. Mm-hmm. So it's a, so that sends uh, Archer and crew, where, which he has to assemble. He has again. to assemble a crew again, very much doing what pilots do. You're putting the crew together. You're establishing the core dynamics between the crew. You're dealing with the idea that the, the Vulcans kind of have control. Right. It was a, again. Starfleet. Part of this idea was that. Was that they they wanted to show sort of this, the first contact stuff? Which, had, uh, which again, coming out of having just seen first contact, what six years earlier? Yeah, it would have been ninety six, right? Ninety six. Okay, so like five years earlier, they kind of established what that first contact looked like, and now they're doing something that builds off of that moment in the movie, which is kind of smart too. I mean, it was their most popular movie that the TNG cast. Yep. So why not use that element to cut? And actually, didn't. Um, yeah, uh, Zephyr Cochran. That's it. What's uh, the actor's name again? Uh, I can't think of it right now. What's his name? It's a, uh, Cromwell. Yeah, that's him. James Cromwell. That's I believe that's Take that, that's the guy. The guy from Babe. Yeah, that's <laughs> a, the farmer from Babe. But okay. yeah, he also so makes a cameo as Zephyr Cochran. Yeah, as a recording of Zephyr Cochran, which is cool when he launches the uh, the warp five. And, I did, um, and I, I, when they start building the warp fight, and also the ship—I mean, they'd already had the NCC seventeen hundred one. So the question is, how is this going to be Enterprise? 
So we had the so it's called what the it's NX01, yeah. Which NX01. NX in the later uh, Star Trek, though they were earlier. It's a, um, <laughs> yeah, it's an experimental designation. Yeah, so it's a so I guess the oh, and plus it's not plus it's not USS Enterprise. No, it's just not. Enterprise. Right, because the, the Federation doesn't to, exist. Interesting way of being able to kind of still work in the name. Yeah, I mean, it was kind of funny because you know you see in other episodes of older Star Trek mm-hmm. where. You know, these are Enterprise ships, but yeah. the Enterprise is never why, there. Why do you think that they, they dumped the Star Trek kind of prefix? Like, I, I think they were sort of trying to make it, like, you know, I don't know. Breathe I, on its own? Like They wanted need, to make it its own thing. and I, It's and in its own time period, so you don't even need to know anything about it. No, yeah, Star I Trek. guess it was sort of like, this is a fresh start, right? Like, you can, here's a jumping on point. Because yeah. I guess it, it could be really intimidating to someone trying to jump into the franchise. With you know everything connecting together, I guess. But again, to put it in perspective of what was happening at this time on TV, that at the same year you also had Smallville starting. Yeah. So like you know, and the teen genre was really breaking in in a big way. I mean, two thousand one, you had like the WB was pretty big, and then that's obviously an important element because eventually the WB and the UPN are going to kind of merge. Yeah. Well, I think that that led to the demise of, uh, of Enterprise because it wasn't going to fit in with what the demographic you were going to be going for. Yeah. So, what was the WB all about? Well, the WB was very much a lot of teen shows. Yeah, it had like Felicity, it had uh, Dawson's Creek, um, it had Buffy, and I guess Angel too. Eventually, it would lose Buffy to UPN, ironically. Yeah, yeah, I would say actually yeah. around this period because Buffy ends in what two thousand three, so it would have ended its run on WB in two thousand one. So actually. 2001, like that end of that year when Enterprise would have started is when Buffy would have migrated to UPN. Oh, okay, that's interesting. Just interesting perspectives. I'm just wondering now, was that the show? Because I remember when we were talking about in the previous podcast, in one of the Blu-rays, someone was saying that uh, it was um, the guy that played Malcolm Reed. uh, He was saying that Dominic Keating. He was saying um, there was a show that kept coming up about how great its ratings were. Oh, really? Said, and, and the ratings were never as good as Enterprises. Interesting. But it was, a, but it was always being held up as the show. I wonder maybe, if it was maybe Buffy. Maybe it was Buffy, yeah. It's kind of interesting. Because Buffy was brought over that year. Yeah, and they made a big deal out of Buffy. So, you so maybe, maybe, that's, maybe that's the show that he was referring to. That's Because he wouldn't say what show it was. Well, no wonder if it's Buffy, why would you... It's kind of interesting. Want I wonder if that. that's what it was then. Buffy fans are very vocal, so you probably don't want to piss them off. Well, yeah, and he was in Buffy. Was he? Yeah, he was um, in one of the episodes. It's interesting. Like, uh, interesting a, how this works. That is kind of funny that, that that's where he was. I, you know, okay, looking at the pilot of Enterprise, extremely strong, and very new re- new viewer friendly. Yeah, no, it's true. It, it it introduces the world of Star Trek to a new audience. So it's a, and I think Archer. It, it's very like it's more guy. relatable in a lot of, in some ways it being earlier time it, they don't the feel they don't feel, feel as far away from us no and not as alien either like everything seems very human yeah I would say which is the, the prime a conscious isn't, decision isn't quite set up yet like no the, again, none of that stuff exists so yeah. again the kind of the sanitized feeling of Star Trek would dig up by TNG and onwards is that yeah where it's sort a of very, a well-oiled machine exactly sort of and, and this is before that even happens the, the phasers aren't even fully developed yeah. Um, if they, they're not really able to, you know, use the transporters all that well yet. Uh, well, there, yeah, transporters have been 
have been approved, but like this cruise is sort of afraid of it. Yeah, they're, and that's kind of interesting to see, at, at least at the beginning. That they're too. afraid of the technology. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, again, it's it's taking what is kind it's of. It's too bad that they didn't just take the transporters out, and that was like a network thing that forced that forced it on them. I get that though, because because think about how iconic those visuals are of of the transporter pad, even the sound effects. Like, no, I hear you, but I think it was. I mean, they ended up doing it anyway. It was the constant shuttle pods. Right? That's true. But I think that, that kind of worked. I thought it was, mm. it made it a little bit more interesting, right? Because yeah. you didn't have the transport. Was the dog lie. in the first episode? Yeah, Porthos is there in the first oh, episode. Porthos. I know some people didn't like Porthos. I thought it was a cool element. You know, Porthos was, a, was mentioned in the newest Star Trek movie, wasn't it? Or the, the 2009 one? Uh, yeah, in 2009 they made a to reference Archer? to Archer's Beetle, yeah. So, it's a, so they mentioned him. I know that they don't do a lot of... Like, well, and the NX-01 was in Inner Darkness as well, because there's the line it? of ships there okay. behind um, our Admiral Robocop's desk there. It's in Weller? Yeah. Okay. There's, Admiral, there's Admiral a line Weller? of, like, you know, uh, vessels. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A, and NX-01 is one of them. That's cool. So it's kind of funny, because, yeah, they wiped out the original series onward, but Enterprise somehow still sits in the... <laughs> in, uh, it gets to exist. It gets to exist in this in this parallel universe what's your so do you, you enjoy it as a pilot taken on its own uh yeah i would say it works it's a um uh, it just disappoints me when i hear about what it could have been yeah it's a uh, you know and I, like the idea of that it was going to be an, a year of sort of the captain and getting okay. this getting stuff going the ship wasn't going to be ready yet like okay i think i think that could have been really interesting stuff to see because we've never seen that it always sort of starts at this point yeah of the crew getting together yeah so i think taking it back would have been kind of cool mm-hmm. again they couldn't do it so it's a, no. it's a shame that that didn't get you know they didn't they didn't get to realize those ideas because no. i think that would have been neat to try to do it in a different way uh let's do a, a quick ranking so we've talked about what five different series then yeah i guess with original all the all the uh so live we, action shows yeah pilots. So, so if we just look at the pilots which one would you say is maybe as a on, on the whole as a pilot what that means for the show which one do you think would be kind of the number five not the best <laughs> not the, the best at the bottom in terms of what a pi- what the pilot is and how it operates yeah, that's kind of interesting because I guess they're all pretty strong like they are in, pretty strong in, in their setup generally. right so I think yeah it is it's tough to say it is really hard to rank them um the worst of the bunch yeah hmm I think for me it might be TNG because it's not that strong a pilot. Like it does it does the job, but when you put them up against the others, I think DS9 has a better sense of self. I think Voyager has a, a really good sense of self. It doesn't it ever end up meeting it, but I think it knows more what it wants to be. Whereas TNG, I feel like it's more. It's not really sure what it could be or what it really is. Yeah, no, you're right. What's that? It definitely is like the most. Like yeah, what, like it doesn't. I'm not saying you have to put it number five. But I think for no, me, no, but I, I, I kind of agree with you. Yeah, because it really doesn't give you a direction. No, I, but again, that sort it of was what cast. the original dear. Yeah, the original series was like that. Well, I'm probably going to put that at number four, so don't worry. Yeah, no, it's kind of true. Yeah, as a series, it doesn't set up what what it's going to be really, no. like or where it could be. But again, that was sort of why it's kind of good mm-hmm. in a way, right? So, what are you putting at number five? You going to put TNG on the bottom with me? Uh, feels blasphemous, doesn't it? It kind of does. To put Voyager yeah, ahead of it anywhere just seems wrong. Yeah, no, it's kind of true. That's it. Um, I'm just thinking where the cage falls in. 
because it was never seen. It was a, but it doesn't mean that it's bad. We talk about it, but I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna allow it into this ranking. Yeah, no, it's just gonna be the, where no man has gone. Before. Yeah, for this particular ranking, we're just gonna talk about the actual. Okay, all right. So we're just gonna go with that. All right. Yeah, it's a. Um, I don't know. I mean, where no man has gone before, it kind of falls in there okay. as well. I so guess. So your number five would be TOS. I think so. I'm going to put number. Wrong f- with that. I'm going to put that as, as as five, and then next generation as four. Right. For me, four would be TOS. So yeah. So I'm going to flip those. Although really, I could I could see them going either way. Like yeah, and they're almost the same for me. I mean, they both have strong elements, but they both have weak elements. Yeah. Um, number three. Number three. Um, I think I'm going to go with Voyager's number three, which is good. and then I'll put uh, Enterprise's number two and and Deep Space Nine as yeah. number one. See, for me, I put DS9 as number three. Number really? two is Voyager. Number one is Enterprise. Really? Yeah. It's kind of interesting. I just think uh, DS9 had such a like rich pilot. It was uh, had a lot of stuff. Fair enough. So that's going to be our episode. Um... So next time, well, who knows what we'll talk about next time on uh, Talking Star Trek, but at some point we will be doing an episode where we look at the finales of the different series. And it'll be interesting to see how that stacks up against how we felt about the premieres. Yeah, that's it. I think that would be kind of cool. It would be a very different power shake, as a shake-up. Yeah, I think so. I mean, the TOS doesn't have a proper finale, it just has the last episode aired. Yeah, so it's kind of unfair a little bit. A little but... bit unfair there, but uh, it's up against you know some stiff competition and some not-so-stiff competition. Yeah, yeah, it'll and be interesting to see. Especially when we talk about tier, um, about Enterprise's ending, which is basically just another episode of TNG. Yeah, yeah. I almost want to talk about maybe the episode before that. <laughs> maybe yeah. that's more indicative of an actual last episode. Which also had Ro- Admiral Robocop in it. Did it? Yeah. Of course it did. Which is kind of funny. Well, two more thanks for joining me for talking uh, Star Trek. This has been episode 156 of Comic Shenanigans for the new talking Star Trek subgenre or subsection of episodes. Uh, please email us at comicshenanigans at gmail.com, like us on Facebook, and also please rate and review us on iTunes. It's the best way to uh, really expand the scope of the show so the more people are able to enjoy it and uh, find it on the iTunes search through the iTunes store. Uh, so thanks for joining us, and we will catch you next time. Bye-bye.